All right. Hello. Uh, welcome to episode two of our Drexel basketball podcast. I'm Nate. We got Dan here. Uh, so uh, just like last week, we'll start out with headlines. And um, unfortunately, again, COVID is, you know, like it's headline with a lot of things. It's uh, the uh, major headline uh, this week. And, and Dan and I were talking just a minute ago about, you know, it's hard enough figuring out, you know, when the games are, but then, you know, are they rescheduled? Are they postponed and when and stuff? But Dan, what do you know as far as what our schedule is going to look like this week and, and what's moved and, and what's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, the big one, uh, depending on when people are watching this, is, is Towson is, is tomorrow, which is Monday, the 3rd. Um, and that was a scheduled game. That's actually a nationally covered game. That's part of our uh, the CBS network deal that the league has. So it'll be seen coast to coast. And, and I think if you're if you're the league, you've got to be happy about that. Right? This is uh, two of the top four or five teams in the league battling it out. Um, my understanding here is fans will be allowed in the stands. We'll see what the turnout is. But they'll be be eligible to be there, which is exciting. Um, so it's all, all systems go for uh, for the Dragons tomorrow. I don't know that you're going to get a full roster, but it's uh, um, some folks from Towson will show up, and some folks from Drexel will show up, and they'll play a basketball game. And if I saw so Wednesday's off, and that's because of COVID issues. I always hate to say who. I think I mentioned last week. At this point, I think you could do all the right things. It's still have problems, but um, I guess more for the sake of knowing that hopefully Drexel is going to be, like you said, ready to go and get some games in. Uh, but it's not their issue that the Wednesday game was postponed. Um, and if I get it right, I think they, they don't play again until the following week, Delaware. Uh, so we'll have a little bit of, not a lot of basketball being played, unfortunately, over, over these these couple weeks. So, um, but um, I, I, I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, there, there have been games played in the CAA. Uh, so, do you get a chance to catch any of the games? And what do you think about the first two nights of league play so far? Yeah, it just goes against everything I said last week. So that's a good, good start. Um, you know, it's tough. Northeastern brought half a team on the road, right? And, and went 0-2. Um, not quite half a team, a little more than that. But they were certainly short-staffed um, with, you know, one of their – not a more challenging southern road trip. But Elon's a team that's been waiting to beat somebody, right? We, we talked about them as – you know, a team that's probably better than they played so far. We were hoping was better than they played so far, and they they showed it by taking care of business. You know, pretty handedly against a a roughed up Northeastern team. And then um, the story of the week was William and Mary. Um, you know, they could go over the season and then go two and zero in the opening week against uh, Hofstra Northeastern, which are two of the powerhouses. You know, that everybody's kind of looking at right now. So, uh, big props to Dane Frischer. Big props to the guys down there. Don't foul when there's no time on the clock, Northeastern. Don't ever do that. Um, but it's it's a cool story. Um, I don't think anybody thinks it's anything more than a short-lived story. But good on them, really. I mean, I mean, good on them. And they've got a nice, nice little cushion. And and as it turns out for the Dragons, the the absolute best thing they did in the last week was not play basketball because it looks like if you were a favorite, it was bad news. So um, they're they're a really comfortable zero and zero right now with you know with Northeastern zero and two, Hofstra zero and one, Charleston zero and one. That's kind of, I mean, that's that's breaking about as well as possibly could for Zach Spiker, right? Well, take me. What, I didn't catch the end of the Northeastern William and Mary game. What happened there? Well, you, you mentioned about not fouling with a, no time. Foul with basically, yeah, it was a it was an off balance three um, attempt by William and Mary with no time on the clock, and uh, I, it was it was definitely a foul. Got got, got knocked on, on the shot, and uh, it was a tie game at the time of the shot. So they went to the line for three and do what you're going to do when you have three shots and need one point. <laughs> it's usually going to work out in your favor. Mm. Um, if you want, if, if I'm shooting, it's usually going to work out in your favor. So <laughs> these kids are shooting. It's a pretty good mm. sign. So yeah, William Mary, it's, it's uh, two and zero, uh, and three hundred and fortieth in Ken Palm. So um, take mm. take that for what you will. It's uh, I guess if you're James Madison and you thought you had an at large chance, that didn't help. Um, but I don't think anybody's really that far off the reservation here. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good week to sit out. Towson sat out. JMU sat out. Drexel sat out. And mm. they've all got to be pretty happy with, with where they're sitting and what, what happened in the league with really almost nothing but upsets. Um, I guess, you know, you're scared of Elon a little bit and, and they want to know. But Delaware coming out of their 500 is not a bad outcome for, for the contenders. And um, I think everybody thinks this league's going to be wide open, but that – that this past week certainly signified that and more so when you don't know who's going to be playing for any given team at any given time. Mm. Um, 
you're gonna you're gonna have a tough time winning games. I think. Yeah, um, well, ahead, it works. Sir. It works out because yeah, like I I try to watch the Delaware games, and I guess I I don't know. Partially, I watch their football a little bit, so I, I I guess not that I like them, of course, but you know, and then they played out of Wilmington, where we used to go, and I, I guess you, know, you try to look at it through a, a, a Drexel lens, you know, and and how we match up and. Kind of like you said, I guess I guess a walk away being like, well, if this is a top team in the conference, you know, we're certainly going to be, we have the ability to be right there. Uh, and then exactly like you said too, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, you know, like you know, you'd see. So it was at the pre UNCW was like preseason nine, and then they beat Delaware, who was the preseason number one. And it's got to be hard for these kids to, you know, and I'm, I'm imagining you're right around the New Year's break, and you know, you're you're making a trip down to. Wilmington and you're like, is this game even going to happen? You know, you keep waiting for the shoe to drop to have the game postponed. So it's got to be a challenge for all these teams just to be prepared. And then on top of that, I guess, again, yeah, what I took away is, I mean, you know, some nice players like Jameer Nelson Jr. had a good game down there in one of the games and, you know, Painter had a nice game every now and then, but, you know, nothing I saw that, you know, and what I've seen from Drexel, it's like that we couldn't be match up right with them and, and be competitive. So, um, and yeah, maybe that helps us to build our confidence too, sitting back and seeing the same thing. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, got a good look at Delaware this week in particular. So, yeah, Delaware, I mean, they're the ones that's really got to be. I mean, there's two teams. People talk about Northeastern being 0 and 2. I get it. In some ways, they're getting through their COVID pause by losing games because they're, they're still able to play and, and they're playing the game. So, mm-hmm. credit to them. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're Delaware, you, you win in Charleston. That's a tough win. That's a tough game. <laughs> And and the, the fact that you dropped the game at Wilmington, right? You had a chance. Not a lot of teams are going to do that as a two and zero trip, mm-hmm. you know, as a two and zero weekend. So you, you really missed a golden opportunity there to, to make a statement, mm-hmm. and and they've got to be bummed by that. Um, but I think the team that had the worst weekend was Hofstra, um, really feeling good about potentially being, you know, the elite team in this league and uh, having the league's best out of conference win and whatnot. Going to William Mary, mm-hmm. you lose the game. You trail really for all of it, um, you know. So. They just they, they 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 didn't come out, and then uh, you get the COVID hit coming on the back half of the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's about as bad a weekend as you can have. So mm-hmm. um, they're they're probably the biggest loser so far. It's if we talked about. Uh, I want to do kind of a stock up, stock down going into conference season last week and then get a chance. But I would say, you know, Towson's probably the team I would still sell high on going after the out of conference. They were really really very good out of conference. Um, I thought maybe a little bit beyond who they are, and Elon's probably the team I want to want to buy stock in. And so uh, I'm a little late to buy an Elon stock now after the, they're coming out one to know with a nice win over Northeastern. So, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see how those look out. But I, I do, I, those are the kind of programs I think probably move the most, but yeah, Hofstra, Hofstra took a beating last week. That's, it's a bad 0-1 is what it is. Yeah. It caught something um, and, and another conversation, honestly, that drives me nuts, but bracketology really at any time of the year, but especially sitting here in January, I just, there's not a lot of use in it, but I saw someone, I think it was Timer mentioned that I guess Elon was on somebody's bracket as the CAA pick. So I don't, I don't know if that means, you know, Lenardi thinks they're going to win the CAA. I don't know, but, um, but I just maybe a sign other people are seeing what you are too, that they're, you know, trending up. I haven't had a chance to see them and get a look, get a look at them eventually. We'll see. But, um, yeah. Some of those articles and, and yeah, they're, they're, that's to me, it's clickbait. So I kind of agree with you. Um, um, but, you know, if Elon, if that article came out, you know, if it was Lenardi or something like that, he goes off a conference record. So if Elon, Wilmington, and William Mary all want to know he had to pick one of those three, I would have picked mm-hmm. Elon from those three too. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, he probably got some tiebreaker scenario or something. But, yeah, um, listen, Elon could, Elon could do it. Like, that's, they're definitely the dark horse right now because they didn't perform out of conference. But they've got the coach. They've got the horses to be competitive. They were in the championship game last year. Which I was like looking into who 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 made a run but didn't quite pull it off last season. Those are usually the the most threatening teams this season as long as they didn't lose a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and Elon qualifies for all of that, so I'm very interested yeah. in them still. Um, but yeah, yeah, the way I, mean, I put it, yeah, it's, it's a like, good time to be a dragon. Yeah, like watching the games, it's like and again from a gestural perspective, it's like I, I guess my biggest takeaway was you know you're, you're looking for something to stand out and nothing really stood out. You know, it's like and and I think that's been. Maybe, I, I don't know, for me, one of the league's problems is, again, you're waiting for that, even that, certainly that team and even that player of, you know, like, I mean, from Delaware to Delaware game, I mean, a couple guys had a you know, great night, like Jameer Nelson Jr. had a really good game, I think, at, Ch- at Charleston, 
wasn't that good, you know, against UNC Wilmington. So, which again is the same problem we kind of have. It's like there's guys that have great games and then the next game, you know, not as much. So, um, you know, again, it's just, and it, yeah, it's more where you just realize how much this is going to come down to March and, you know, who's kind of weathering the storm here and who's ready for the tournament is what it's going to come down to. So another kind we talked about this, that other conversation of, you know, what's the league? You mentioned James Madison and an at-large. It's like, I mean, that, that ship has probably sailed. It's just all about, you know, getting yourself prepared for later on. So, um, but we'll see how we do tomorrow night. Maybe coming off a layoff and how we manage that whole thing. So, um, but um, I guess if you're up for it too, we talked about kind of taking our team. And again, that's kind of weird because I was trying to think our last game was what, Coppin State. So that'll be what, three weeks from something like Tuesday night. So it's like kind of trying to, you know, I hate to say this, but like, remember, you know, how we played and what we look like. So um, it's kind of a broad question, but and I don't know if you want to go player by player or how to do it, but your general impressions of us as we stand right, well, as we did stand and um, what are you looking for tomorrow night too? Yeah. Um, so general impressions on Drexel again, I mean, um, somewhat disappointing in the out of conference. I thought they were, they're, they're probably better talent wise than the record indicates. Um, now I will say this, that you're starting to see something with these out of conference games, which is, is what I think the coaching staff would sell you on going into this year. And I think they're right. Mm-hmm. But, Tulane's performed really well in conference so far. Jacksonville State is, is looking like this is their best season ever. Um, you know, Princeton's going to be competitive for the Ivy. Abilene um, will, I think, be competitive in uh, in the WAC. Um, they're you know they're two and zero coming out of the weekend, and um, you know there's a chance that the Dragons have played four or five tourney teams um, with these losses. So it's not like you know, I know nobody gets excited by playing Jacksonville State or Princeton or Abilene Christian. I get excited by playing Princeton, but everybody else. Um, <laughs> Man, I believe Christian, people are like going nuts about how good they were, but, but, I mean, and you're right. I mean, they're a good team, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, Abilene Christians, they lost to Utah and Texas A&M to, to start the year. And the A&M loss was at A&M and they took them overtime. Um, so if you leave my rule throughout the first game, that's their only loss of the season. And, 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 and it's a pretty good loss. So, you know, they've got a chance to be much better than people think. Um, played Utah Valley in their league on the road, four-point win, and Utah Valley is probably one of the other best teams in the WAC. So they've already got a road win against, you know, one of the other one of their other competitors. They're, they're, they play a wacky style of basketball, but they're they're a good basketball team. They're also These are also very well-coached basketball teams. Uh, Ron Harper can coach Jacksonville State. Ron Hunter can coach at Tulane. Um, so um, these losses aren't going to look – none of these losses are, are – are an indictment, I think, on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are ones you would like. Generally speaking, you're talking about the 125-ish, we'll call it Ken Palm's rating, which is around where you expect a competitive CA team to land. So you go on five, you know, or on four against that sample, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to, I know they were all on the road or neutral court, but you want to at least snag one of those and say, hey, this is a level that we're playing at. And they went to overtime at two, and like I said, none of them were at home. So you, you make an argument that, yes, this is probably the level they belong on. Drexel should be competitive on the CAA based off of this. Mm-hmm. But um, you want to see the wins. You want to see the wins. And the wins so far, best win is that St. Joe's team that, you know, I still think is not that great of a team. So um, they, they ended up really, winning at Richmond. I, I think I had the game on they were leading. I didn't catch if they ended up winning the game. I was a little surprised to see that. But they, um, they, looked, they, they, they smoked Richmond. They, they, they won by almost 30. I mean, yeah, they, they were up uh, big when I had it on at halftime. Yeah, so. But, they came out fired um, up, so that's a nice win for them. That's, that'll, that'll be their their big win. I mean, I think you, you, the twenty point win over Temple is the one they'll probably take even more over that one. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been playing. They got the win over Georgetown. They've got some decent wins. Um, um, maybe maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. I I I, I, I saw him. I'm not a big Taylor Funk guy. Um, he's good, but. Um, you know, he's, he's the best they've got. And I don't know that he's the guy who's an A-10 level, you know, all first team A-10 that can drive you, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're – they're um, maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking. They're not a bad team, but they're not A-10 good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think the game yeah, out, of, out of what you talked, the, I think the Princeton game was the one that bothered me because we led the whole way and, you know, you just – it was one of those games you're sitting there like we were got to be up like and we went on that run in the first half we got up like double digits and then just like that they were back within five 
He just felt like we got to be winning this game by 10. And he just, they just hung around. And then, you know, and it was one of those games, you know, where they were able to go inside and, you know, as much as I like James Butler and he's a, he was like a great kid. They were really able to take advantage of that. But that, that one for me was one that I, I really felt like we should have won. Yeah. You don't want to be abused inside by Princeton. And this is somebody who <laughs> watched about 25 years of Princeton basketball. You know, if, if, if you're losing the battle in the paint against Princeton, mm-hmm. um, you know, hypothetically, you've got something, probably some issues somewhere. Mm-hmm. So um, all true. I, I don't want to go player by player, uh, Nate, right now, just because we don't know who's going to play tomorrow. <laughs> no, I yeah. mean, um, I'll say this. Um, you know, my understanding is that there was that initial wave uh, around the Temple game where we had uh, a handful of kids, uh, players, uh, and, and support staff test positive. Uh, those, you know, we still saw positives even through Christmas. So I, I don't know um, who's going to be available. I, my understanding is that there's still a 10 day hold off of a positive test. So if that's the case, and you were positive right around Christmas Day, you're not going to be available tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I would expect, you know, from the sounds of it, a full roster um, by the following game, by that by that Delaware game, which is great because, you know, you want everybody for Delaware. Um, but I don't I don't know who's going to be out there tomorrow. Which, you need what, seven you know, and a coach. Se- seven and somebody who could act as a coach is, if seven, I got that seven right. Seven and so. one coach. I love yeah. that. You see, it does not value their coaches. Yeah. Um, you have anybody who can direct these guys? All right. <laughs> a little player coach, send them out there. Um, yeah, we'll get to the policy, but it's going to be mm-hmm. tough to, and that's where we'll get Alan Boston on, I think, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I hope, but um, the the sports gamblers are nuts this year, I think. Anybody who's, mm-hmm. certainly anybody who's an amateur trying to gamble on this stuff, first of all, they're 18 year olds, never know what's, what's going on in their life anyway, but then you get into who's going to play, you know. And if you're if you're connected and you you have that information going in, maybe you, you can get some insider data. But mm-hmm. if you don't know who's playing, how on earth? How on earth? And yet, sports books are crushing it. So what mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what we're doing in this world anymore. Yeah. Um, Which a good conversation. Yeah. If you could come on to you know me, I'm not the I'm not a fan of sports betting. So this is a perfect example too of you know. And I, I mean, this is extraordinary circumstances, but that's why I stay out of it. You know, because you just you never know. But um, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, going back, you were saying, I, I mean, the, the game's data in the Bahamas, I was kind of like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of those tournaments anyway, in case in point, the leaky roof, and you play in a practice court and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I and I, I go back to that, that team we had a number of years ago that our trip kind of derailed, uh, you know, not that we were going to get a large anyway, but um, but didn't worry as much about those games. But, um, and I guess really would have liked to see Temple and LaSalle to see how we could have kind of put it all together and I see the pieces there. Um, but you know, could we have put it all together going to the conference season, but unfortunately get a chance to do that. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping, I mean, not, not hoping, not hoping, but if, if games were to fall through for the Drexel later on the season and we need to pick up a game and maybe one of those two teams need to pick up a game at the same time, we, we could play a little, little spontaneous inner city game <laughs> and get a TV pickup on it. Cause I, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, right? I mean, it Drexel, still says postpone. Yeah. On the, on the schedule that Evan was even asking, like, well, are you going to play that game? I'm like, I, I probably not, but you're right. Yeah. Maybe you could sneak that in somewhere. You gotta be thinking about it. You gotta have, I mean, Ashley's phone number at the very least in your back pocket. Right. And mm. you know, I don't know if the relationship with temples is, is that strong, but you know, hopefully, you know, yeah, yeah. It'd be great games to have. Mm. Um, so as far as tomorrow night, um, kind of telling you before we got on air here, but you know, Sax Biker is like one in a billion against Towson. Um, they, the one win was I want to say two years ago. They didn't play last year. That's, let's start with that. They did oh, not wow. play a single game. They didn't play. They didn't play in the regular season. They didn't play in the tournament last year. Interesting. So yeah, how unique is that? Yeah. Um. So you go back. The last time they played was um, February eighth of twenty twenty. Um. Twenty. Hmm? Yeah, right. I got that right. Yeah, February. So right before the world ended, and uh, <laughs> um, that was a home loss, seven point home loss. Uh, it was a bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they 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 got roasted on the road. And and I got to tell you, um, I like the Towson road trip. I've always tried to cover that game. I've always tried to go down there as a fan. Bill Bateman serves a nice wing. Mm-hmm. You go, you get some wings. You go over to the game. It's a nice arena. It's very comfortable. You enjoy it. It's not a bad drive here and yeah. back. Um, Shout out well, to Delco. Now it's, a, now it's a shorter drive, which is great. That's like a home um, game for us. That's our closest place. So yeah, I love going down there. And I, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, we've gotten crushed there. I feel like 
last time, two times we've been there. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the most miserable feeling in the world. It was like 9.30 at night, Zach Spiker post game after we just got <laughs> trounced again. And I, I, I want to say one of those years we did like, it was a JMU Towson road swing. Mm. Um, and, and it was just the whole thing, all of it, every bit of it was miserable. So what do, you, what do you think that's about? I mean, what do you think about Towson that we don't still match up? What do you think? Yeah. Um, Pat's scary. So Pat's, Pat's, you know, he's, he, like we talked about this a little bit last week, but old school, a little bit of a, a brew type throwback. He's going to bruise you. He's going to throw bodies at you. Um, they're going to rebound uh, at an elite level. Um, I'm pulling up the stats for this year now. 15th in the country in offensive rebound percentage. Doesn't surprise me at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um 140th in, in defensive, so they, they haven't been as great on defensive boards, but um, they get to the line um, exceptionally well. So what you have there is, is a physical team that likes contact, right? And when you look at the Zach Spiker teams we've had at Drexel, it's not the first <laughs> thing you think of, right? I mean, yeah, um, nobody's going to go around calling me. I saw a look because they played Florida and it was on ESPN, so – I didn't. I, I didn't see enough of the game to really put in a good. But that, that was my impression. Yeah, they they just weren't doing enough to beat themselves. I think it kind of came apart in the second half a little bit. But they're they're playing pretty smart just to kind of hang in there. So they just ultimately didn't have the talent. But yeah, I guess that kind of fits with what you were saying. Their their style just not really beating themselves maybe. So, um, but but no. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean a good good time. But yeah, it's starting to be that now. You you. You're interested to see that, and you know the CAA champion Drexel Dragons. You know, again now with more like the way I put it is, you know, I, we finally have a Division One roster. I was saying for years, and that's part of why it was hard for me to really get into the team. It's like want to see that we have bodies that match up. So we'll see. I mean, now bringing them in tomorrow, assuming the game happens, you know, it's, it's still kind of holding our breath. You know, the better roster um, and playing a little toughness. We'll see. So, yeah, I mean, you're gonna look at. Um... Charles Thompson inside six seven two forty um, for those guys. So him and JB are going to be a fun, fun. That's going to be a you know that's that's a that's a that's a man's man's game. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to uh, terms I shouldn't use anymore. Um, so apologize, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, those it's going to be a beaten up inside. You're looking at also Thompson's a junior, Rizzuto's a senior, Holden's a senior, Timberlake's a junior, Holt, Nolan's a senior. A lot of transfers, mm-hmm. but their starting five's got a ton of experience. Um, they're big, they're long, everybody's six, three or above out there. Um, they're experienced, they're, they're, they're physically large individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as they've hit the, they've hit the weight room mm-hmm. and they'll punch in the gut and, and how you respond to that, I think is, um, is important. Um, they've also been on a long layoff. They didn't play last week either. So you've got a chance there where, you know, maybe Drexel doesn't get punished as bad for the long layoff that they've had mm-hmm. and you've got them at home. So you need to go out there and, and prove uh, to themselves. I think the Dragons need to go out and prove to themselves. You know, we've been pushed around in the past by this by this team. Mm. We've been we've we've taken punches and we've kind of they punched us and we've just gone down. Mm. You know, they haven't really gotten blown at home against Towson, but but on the road to your point, multiple times, and and they've got one home win against them. So that's not that we've had great Drexel teams in the first couple of years that Zach Spiker was here, but not Towson hasn't been great either. Yeah. So you don't want to be one and eight or whatever, one and seven, whatever it is. Um, you know, they, they, they have, they have something to answer for. I think, yeah, I think this is, should be a game that Zach Spiker has started as a big one, even without the layoff. Um, I don't think you had to bring out the gold jerseys or anything, but I think it's, it should be a big one. It should be first conference game against a team that's been a bugaboo for you. This is a big deal. And now it's on national TV. So yeah. Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. Come on out. And I was wrong. It was Ohio State. I knew it was a Power Five team. I don't particularly like. I can remember if it was Ohio State or Florida, but that that was a game that I saw a little bit on TV. But yeah, and these are, you know, we didn't get a chance to see Drexel and these. Well, that's a home game, but you know, like these conference games that I think people have always asked questions with Spiker of can he get it done? And I know it's early in the conference schedule, but these are the kind of games you gotta you gotta win. You know, I mean, I know we yeah, and I guess. You know, I, you know, to me, it doesn't have anything to prove. He's a champion, and you win a championship, you win a championship. But I know that's a lot of the questions have been: Can he get it done night after night in a league schedule? And this is where I agree: you get an opportunity right off the bat to prove it. So, so yeah, it's a big game. See what happens. So, um, we we should get some guys on. I'd love to have Marshall or somebody on 
talk about whether or not last year's championship without fans and, and whatever else holds as much weight <laughs> as, 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 a, as a regular year's championship. I think I'm with you. That's a championship. The man's delivered. There's a banner in the, in the rafters. Yeah. You can't argue. You cannot argue flags fly forever. Yeah. But uh, there are people who question it still. There are. Yeah, there, so, there is a good, there's a lot. That, that is a good idea. Keep that in mind. Um, so, so we'll see how tomorrow goes. We'll, we'll discuss that. And I guess, and, and so if you're good with moving on, I, I, I guess, and I know, you know, from what I've seen from you, definitely strong opinions about the conference. So, um, I wanted to, to, if you're good with spending some time talking about that. So I guess there's kind of three separate things, you know, one is COVID policy, two is James Madison, three is the TV package, which that's, that's one, you know, I, I probably have some feelings about, so. Um, I'll let you start. Is there one in particular you, you know, it's kind of burning for you tonight that you want to talk about in particular? No, I'll, I'll talk too long about all those all the time. <laughs> but I What's think it? Uh, COVID policy is the most relevant, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I was happy they announced it. Let's start there. That's a mm. big, big progressive step for them is making something public. Um, so, so that's good. I was surprised. Um, by the extent to which they are trying to reschedule the games. I am surprised that some of this seems to go through the commissioner's office, which in the past 10 presidents and athletic directors have seemed to believe should have no power whatsoever. <laughs> so um, that's either some combination of last year really didn't work and we need a neutral arbiter and we're, we'll admit to that now, or we're, we don't want to deal with it anymore and we don't want to be the ones who are blamed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's rescheduling these games is almost a money loser. The only real reason I could think of for them to do it uh, from a business perspective is that they guaranteed a certain amount of inventory for the sports networks for, for CBS and flow more likely flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's the case and they need to deliver on their inventory, then reschedule the games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they did it because you and I want to see the games. Um, that's the cynic in me, but I've, you know, <laughs> been in business for a little bit. And um, I think it's, it's a fair statement that you and I were probably not the biggest concerns of the folks in those rooms. Mm-hmm. So I'm thrilled about it. I think this is great. We're going to get more basketball. We need a lot of February basketball. It's going to be very interesting for the mm-hmm. Dragons because they played almost no February basketball last year, right? They kind of had their tune-up game against James Madison and then went straight to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they were a little fresher going in and maybe that helped them out. Um, this year is going to be very different. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think well done. Um is it perfect? No. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the underlying, how do you determine if you have seven players eligible? What if somebody has, if it's six guys with COVID and somebody's got a twisted ankle, hmm. right? Like, I mean, what, where, I don't know who kind of is going to arbitrate and oversee that JMU suddenly doesn't have three guys with upper, upper, upper body injuries or something like that <laughs> the day they've got to go to, at Northeastern, hmm. um, you know, and I'm sure rescheduling gets a lot harder as the season goes on. We're seeing a lot early, reschedulements early. They're going to push to February. Those dates are going to get filled. It's going to be really tough to reschedule games, you know, after the first couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that kind of stack up and become challenging. Um, but generally speaking, my hat's off. I think this is a good good step by the league. Yeah, I think, yeah, giving credits where I was curious what, you know, because I know you, you had concerns. And, and we, I think we just kind of said, or I was saying transparency is the most important thing. And, I think they kind of laid out, yeah, what are your you know, seven players and a coach? Yeah, you know, you're right. You, you're you're going to have to rely on the schools, to be honest, to some extent. But at least there's kind of a, you know, kind of know what they're looking for. And then uh, and I, it was important. I went back and reread it. I mean, they talk about, you know, the, the decision to reschedule between the two schools, but then also the league. And, you know, I was, it, I was watching a Penn State-Indiana game earlier, and, and they, in the bottom, I guess the Big Ten just kind of came out with their policy. And, I mean, they were, they actually didn't say anything about the schools. They said that the, if I read it right or saw it right, the league basically is involved with the rescheduling. I'm sure they, they talk to the schools themselves and make sure everybody's okay. But yeah, there, there needs to be that, like you said, like an arbitrator involved. Um, Cause that to me, you know, helps to limit, you know, people saying, well, you know, why can you play that game? Why can't, you know what I mean? Like someone at middleman, you know what I mean? To kind of sort through everything. So yeah, it seemed like a reasonable policy and put it out there like all the, it, I was I was starting to get it a little like, you know, I I could tell yeah you were you were kind of waiting to to hear what they would say and I was kind of like well hopefully we'll hear some sooner or later but then I saw the NEC of all conferences they put out their policy and I'm like come on you know what I mean like and then I think the day or two later then the CAA put out theirs so I, I think they've done about as well as they could and 
you know, probably as more teams got, got, you know, issues now with James Madison and stuff, they kind of forced their hand to be public about what's going on. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy too. I feel like so, but, um, but then, yeah, um, James and I just mentioned James Madison, but, um, you know, I, 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 I know you've, you've followed a lot closer than I have, but, I mean, did you feel like they were wronged in that whole thing? Or, I mean, what was your take on them leaving and them not being able to play other sports? What did you think about that? I think, so, I think you really have to, really have to differentiate here between the university and the student-athletes. Do I think the student-athletes were wronged? Yes. Do I think the university was wronged? Absolutely not. Um, matter of fact, I would, I would argue, and I would love to hear the counter-argument, that they were complicit um, I, I don't know what the Sun Belt has as far as forcing JMU's hand to announce. We'd, we could probably go back through when ODU announced and some other schools and, and kind of get a, a feel for the pulse of that. Um, JMU announced right before homecoming weekend um, and then rallied the troops, didn't they? And then they had all kinds of press releases ready, and they had a bunch of national beat writers on <laughs> almost instantaneously. And it was, it was, it all of the feeling of a well-crafted media campaign. <laughs> and when I talk to people about it, I, I liken it to, to politics, right? You kind of wait until the other side oversteps a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And then you send an email out saying they're coming to take your guns, and you get more <laughs> donations in three hours. Then you do. They're, they're coming to lock up Hillary, right? You, you get you get more donations in three hours than you do for the next two years, right? Yeah. JMU, again, put this all out there right at homecoming weekend, and then watch the donations come flood, flooding in. It was it was beautiful. Um, yeah. If you're into that, if you're into politics, um, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that wasn't all facilitated by the school, um, but it, it looked like they played the game very well. Yeah. Um, but they knew. They knew. They'd been messing with, uh, you know, they, they had been, I would say, not a great conference mate uh, at times. Um, there were some schools that were peed with them. And um, that's where I was distasteful for me when when the administration comes out and says, hey, I thought we had the votes. I thought they were going to let us play. You know, they, they believe in respecting the student athlete here at the CA now. They were going to let them play. Like, they, no, no, we, you know better than that. You know, you've been stepping on toes. There've been all kinds of scheduling issues, not just in basketball. Um, specifically, people were pointing at JMU for for a season or two um, as, as a team that has not played well with others, and they kind of knew they were getting out, and they believed they're onto bigger and better things. And um, there are a lot of not nice terms when I talked to various schools and administrators around the conference um, when I was looking into this stuff. Um, there was uh, no way. No way they had those votes. There was no one looking to do that school a favor. Mm. Um, maybe not nobody, but there was enough schools that weren't looking to do a favor to block it. Put it that way. They needed, I think, you know, a two-thirds majority, and that would be, you know, seven of the other nine schools. And there was, you know, you had an easy three, four votes against um, without me trying to, to, to find, to pick up the phone. You know, it's not that I'm sure they would have the votes of the other schools. It's that I didn't bother to talk to them. So mm. um, it was never going to happen. They were never going to play in the postseason this year. Um, I think they could have maybe gotten the CBS Sports Network games. I think they could have gotten the TV games. And I think um, that's a real falling out that happened, you know, when they when they played the game like that. Um, you know, I think there, the other presidents came together and said, we're going to send a clear economic message to them that if you're not going to play nice, we're not – going to feel compelled to play nice with you and you're not going to have nice things that are ours, you know? So, you know, I think in some ways losing the national TV game, a couple of them, I think um, is, is almost, you know, if you're, uh, if you're some of the money managers at JMU, it almost hurts more than whether or not these kids played in the postseason with the exception of, you know, obviously if they made the tournament and this is a competitive team that could, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the revenue there would be much greater. Um, like I said, I don't think that was ever a realistic option. Never yeah, a realistic option. What's interesting about this, and this is a good example of, and, you know, I, I didn't know exactly where you stood based on tweets, you know, so it's, it, you know, and, and so it's good to talk to you about it and, and hear kind of what you think. Cause I, I, you know, I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, 
you know, you got to give James Madison a lot of credit for a lot of things. You know, one is, I mean, they've really built a, I don't want to, I don't know if powerhouses, uh, it might be a little bit too strong, but at least at the level of the CAA, I mean, you name, you name a sport, right? I mean, you know, women's basketball, softball, went to the college world series, you know, James there, I think men's and women's lacrosse was competitive. I mean, they, they've just top to bottom. Their athletic department has been like really strong. They built, you know, I, I've only seen the football stadium from 81, but it, it looks like a really nice stadium. They built a brand new arena. I mean, it looks like they have, they just have beautiful, so they've done everything right. And then right down to, you know, they, to me, I mean, the, the people that, that really hosed their student athletes was James Madison. I mean, let's face it, they, they picked football over all their other, you know, softball, women's basketball, everything. And, and then they got everybody to blame the CAA for it. You know what I mean? Like, so they, they got their cake and they ate it too. They did a great job. Um, and then, you know, and then I, 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 I got upset about it. They with the first game where they could have fans in that new arena, they played some what division three team and beat them by like a thousand points. And, you know, and I, I read the, you know, and so they're talking, doing all this talk about how the CAA is bullying their student athletes and not letting them play. And then, they're going out there. And so I, I give James Madison a lot of credit, you know, um, really, like you said, played the PR card. I didn't know about that, about homecoming. I mean, they did a really great job on the whole thing. Um, so I, to me, I, I guess we kind of share, I'm not shedding any tears for them. I think, you know, it seems like they, they built themselves up to be in a position to move up. And then on top of that, they got everybody to pile on the CAA. So it's kind of a win-win for them. I feel like. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, and that's, again, that's the thing that bugged me the most. Jeff Bourne is a smart dude, and he's been one of the most successful athletic directors um, this league's seen, quite frankly, um, across the board. Uh, Olympic sports, you see what they've done in softball um, and, and the sports that, you know, that drive revenue, football and basketball. Uh, it's an elite women's program. It's an elite men's program. You know, it's, it's a good men's program, and Mark Byington's a good coach. That's going to take them places, it looks like, and, and the football program is – done what it's done you know it's, it's got national national victory so mm-hmm. you know he's he built something he got the facilities in line he made sure they were ready to move up before they moved he took his time um he did it with great thought and and he executed and that's impressive mm-hmm. from any leader so yeah. for him to then turn around and be like i thought they were gonna let the kids play <laughs> no man like yeah. i'm gonna go bruiser flint on you but like you're yeah. a smart dude you're yeah. a smart dude. You know better than that. You're lying through yeah. your teeth right now, and they're giving, and they're sending you checks for doing it. Like, and that that's what really got me upset with JMU, and then the you know kind of the lack of accountability locally. But you need, you know, you need your relationships and and, and whatnot, and, and it's a tough spot to be in. But yeah, yeah it's this, just absurd. It, this may be a separate conversation, but I, I I know very little about our new athletic director, and I hope I'm saying her right. Her for is uh, Misha. And then I'm, I'm trying to remember, I, for some reason, I can't remember her name. I don't know why I'm blanking. But Kelly. Kelly, oh, yeah. 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 What, what do you know about her? And Because you know, I'm just thinking, too, we've also seen, you know, we've had front row seats to, you know, VCU building their facilities and taking off, ODU building their facilities and taking off. I, I don't know that I want us to do that, but do you get any feel for what could be a long-term plan for us or too early? I, I haven't spoken to her. Um, candidly, I... I, I have not um, reached out um, and, and she's I'm certain much busier than it's reaching out to me. Um, so, you know, it's a, uh, it's a COVID thing a little bit and it's having a one-year-old thing a little bit, but um, <laughs> I, I do hope to, to speak to her and, and maybe who knows, maybe we can get her on here some, at some point, but um, it's a great question. You know, what's the next step? I'm, I'm actually kind of, you know, listen, Part of the reason for the blog was the guy prior to, 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 to her in that role, um, and and kind of just frustration with the um, status quo that was Drexel, you know, athletics, you know, not just in basketball but kind of across the board, and um, and, and and obviously the rotting fan support that I felt like I was seeing. Mm-hmm. So this is exciting. Right, but you have to also let them work. They they, they clearly, um, they being the search committee, they being John Fry and um, some of the powers that be, and they they went through a long process. Um, it was um, some fans actually got a chance to to be a part of that, which is 
um, token or not was, was a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, um, I thought the priorities were right by the school. And I, I think, um, she has an interesting background, um, not typically what you think of as a, as a mover and shaker. She hasn't moved around that much. She spent a lot of time in Bucknell, mm-hmm. but she's got relationships in the national office and this NCAA office. There are those who will make a joke about the NCAA office right now, but <laughs> give the benefit of the doubt for a minute. And, mm-hmm. and you know, she's qualified. Um, and I'm, I mean, you got to give her some time to get her feet wet. Generally, I think the first year is always going to be, let's look around and see what we got. I think during COVID even more so. Mm-hmm. I, I, the best news, I think the best news for any of us is that this wasn't a uh, St. Saint, uh, Saint Joe situation. It wasn't really a Mary situation. You know, she didn't walk in the door and start beating people up and marching uh-huh. them to a different drum, right? Uh, a smart tactician, you're going to go in. We just talked about Jeff Bourne, right? He took his time. He evaluated and, and he waited for the right resources and the right things to be in place to make the lift. And she seems to be doing that. She seems to be taking her time and evaluating the situation uh-huh. today so that she can make moves tomorrow. So you give her that year. I'd be intrigued to talk to her like this summer, you know, this upcoming summer to find yeah. out yeah, she was. what her thought is. And they, and, and they, they had an alumni event before the Princeton game. She was there. We, we right, sort of like, and I know we're all doing things COVID you know, related different. We, it's kind of a small room and I appreciate the alumni doing, they've done a great job, but it was one of those, we, we got there early. We had our food, we took off, you know, we didn't want to kind of hang around that little area, but she was pulling in the parking lot as we were leaving. So, and honestly, I'm not the kind of guy to walk up to somebody at an event like that. So what do you want? Where do you see Drexel in 10 years? That's not necessarily how I roll either. But I'm curious if, you know, at some point, you know, she gets up in front of some people and just kind of talks or we get a chance to hear. And it may have happened already. And I just missed it. But um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree, too. I think right now it's more about survival than anything else and just getting through this period. And then it's hard to really evaluate anybody. Um, but, but I was curious. Again, we've seen another program take another leap and it's kind of like you know again i guess i'm still basking in the glow of the championship last year and and again just seeing how we navigate this year talking about being towson first and then going from there um but yeah it's worth bringing up since we have a new 82 so yeah next podcast put a pin in it we'll we'll make a six-hour podcast we'll talk about conference (laughs) line um (laughs) yeah but it, it's something that's going to affect Drexel and something that's worth talking about. So mm-hmm. at some point we should put that on the agenda and she's going to be a big part of that. And, and you do hope that her connections, um, I don't really see us going to the Patriot, but, but her connections um, from Bucknell and the league office will, will help us out a little bit there. I'm sure that was part of the thought process. I'd be um, good so with she, that. So we should be able to see this. Yeah. Lehigh Lafayette, you know, yeah. But anyway, but that's just, well, next time we'll see. So <laughs> there's then, a lot of people who'd be happy with the Patriot. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but at last, you know, it's kind of conference related. So, I, and again, it, you know, you read tweets, but it's nice to talk to you about it directly. Um, so our TV package, Flow Sports, that sort of thing, CBS Sports Network. We, and, and by the way, just be, you got to be careful here. I've done my research, right? So it's, it feels so good to say that because I hear that Monday through Friday about the vaccine. Um, so you're, you're looking at a, a, an expert on television, media and, and packages because I've done my research, but um, but. What, what do you think about our package and what would you like to see improve or what do you think? I will cut this if you want, Nate, but I want to tell the viewers that Nate is a, is a uh, primary care physician. Uh, and uh, so when he makes that COVID joke, it's particularly relevant. Yeah. Um, and I'm really yeah, worried about what I'm walking into. I don't know what I'm going to walk into till tomorrow. I hope it's not as bad as it could be. Hopefully people don't get, hopefully it's the variant's not as bad getting people too sick, but that's a separate issue. But anyway, yeah. So what do you think about our, uh, our, our, our TV situation? Yeah. Um, no, I obviously don't like it. I mean, I, I think flow sports viewership is like you and six guys, Nate. but um, <laughs> I think it, it, it's a little bit of um, the college experience is what you make of it, right? That's what everybody says. It is what you make of it. Once you get to campus, it is a little bit what you make of it. And I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six games left this year that are on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the dulcet tones of Rob Brooks and Mike Tuberosa at, at the helm. Um, and uh, first of all, by the way, uh, Rob and Mike do a nice job. I, I, I really am not joking there. I, I, I enjoy. Um, yeah, I agree. They do. Yeah. Those, are, those, are, those are two pros. Um, yeah. Most most universities have, you know, kids, whether or not current students or, or recent doing the broadcast, you know, mm-hmm. Those guys have, have legit 
history and, and obviously they've been together for a long time they, they work well together it's it's fun um, i like listening to them i actually yeah. you know what i loved was uh uh listening to them during the delay in the bahamas just family <laughs> that was fun man i was i want to i want i wanted to be there and hang out with those guys right then so um give some props to the broadcast um but again, that's that's what Juxel made of it, right? Because mm-hmm. we went into Flow Sports, we had the ability to put this local package together. You look at Northeastern; they worked with um, my favorite TV network, Nesson. Spent a lot of money as a kid. Worked, made a lot of allowances to pay for us to have Nesson in the house. So, gosh, Red Sox games. Um, but if you have, and I know Delaware's put some games on on NBC Sports, C Sports Philly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think JMU may do something down there locally. Um, if you have a local outlet, if you're a Drexel um, or a Towson with Nesson. Um, I'm assuming they do it. Um, Hofstra with uh, a variety of yes and whatever else is up there in New York. Um, this package kind of gave you the ability to use that. Um, my argument would have been they had that ability to, right? Temple puts their games, someone's got an ESPN deal, and they put their games on NBC Sports Philly too. Yeah. Right? So it costs them a little bit more money. It does. Right? They don't get these free, free, but paid for CBS Sports National TV games. Um, so I guess, and that's my question. What, what, what type of package would you have wanted to see in place of Flow Sports? I think I think the CAA spent the better part of a decade pissing off ESPN, and I don't think that that's a winner. I don't think I don't think you've seen a lot of sports be really successful pissing off ESPN professionally. Yeah, is it kind of right. they kind yeah. of dick it? And I guess that is because so ESPN Plus probably would have been the alternative. And, you know, so I was trying to read about, you know, what's, what would be a, a, I guess the only thing I wasn't clear on, do they do, they, they're calling it like a linear TV package. So like you can be online, but then you can, like you said, go on an MC Sports Philadelphia or CBS Sports Network. And I, I think you could still do that with ESPN plus. Uh, is that right? Does that sound right to you? It sounds like maybe there's some exclusivity. Um, you may have to buy them out or something. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Um, they, they, there was an insinuation at the time that there was going to be a spend attached to it, an additional spend attached to it if you went that direction. So this goes back to me saying we're just being too cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, if you want to, it depends where you're at. I mean, I, I the funny thing is, I think that if you're the Big Ten, you could probably afford to go to Flow because you're going to bring in so many view eyeballs that it's not going to matter. Mm. Um, but I think they went to Big Ten, did do wrestling or some other stuff on Flow, and it didn't work out, if I recall correctly. And you saw MLS, you saw DC United. Try to go to flow and it really didn't work out they got out of that deal early they terminated the contract mm-hmm. um so you've seen kind of larger institutions go that way and, and not have success um you know flow promised shoulder programming i know joey Day was big on that and you know kind of the features and started and stuff on the kids and that never really came to fruition yeah, i haven't seen too much i was looking around for that i didn't see too much going on related to that but um you get some but- articles they got a few guys writing on their website jerry beach does some writing for them Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've got one or two other guys who, who, will, who will do stories every once in a while, but um, no, I don't think you've really gotten anything. If you're the schools, besides the million dollar check to the conference each, each year, mm-hmm. I don't think you've gotten anything from a sponsorship opportunity, from a vision, from a growing the brand opportunity from flow. And that's my beef with flow, right? I mean, ultimately if you're Drexel and you're going into this media deal with the lowest fan turnout you've had in, in decades, mm-hmm. you've got to be looking at, Okay, our brand is our brand is shrinking. We have a problem. We need to stop that. Mm. And the answer is not Flow Sports, right? Now, to their credit, they spun around and they put started putting games on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and they've been putting more each year. So, I think in that, you know, that's been a good thing. And now, you know, thank you, JMU. We're going to get a second game on CBS Sportsnet this year. Uh, this mm. thousand game, I think, I think was actually the ad. Um, we always had the Delaware game. I think was going to be on it, but now this thousand game tomorrow. Um, with this uh, hellacious six o'clock t- tip that beats up my my dinner time and bedtime, um, yeah. But I'll, I'll see how much I can cover. I'm just I pulled up Flow. I mean, yeah, there are some articles, you know, videos and things like you know. But, but I guess yeah, because because for me, it's like it, it does accomplish. Like you know, you talk about I, I went on the computer last was it Wednesday and Friday, pulled up you know Delaware and Charleston and. I'm thinking back, you know, when we were students, it's like, you know, if you saw a CAA game, you're like, oh my, wow, CAA game. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to have that one place that you go um, that you can watch any game. And then, and then you had that they let allow the flexibility to, you know, 
have the games on local TV. So because growing up, I you know, that's how I knew about Drexel was, you know, the early Comcast Sportsnet days, you know, you'd see a random Drexel game pop up and then, you know, and then, then the national game. So there's some flexibility, I guess. But, you know, so the other thing I'd say is that if, you know, it flows not the way I like, I like the streaming package and it, it sounds like ESPN plus would be about the only other option. And, you know, so I, I, I don't, I was trying to get the, the, the pluses and minuses of that. I mean, it's cheaper for ESPN plus. That was one of the arguments. Um, and they, this article is about a year old, but they're talking about how they're kind of trying to build a platform of ESPN plus, but now they have the NHL on there. So I'm sure that certainly adds to it, but I know, and for whatever it's worth, I mean, it is, I mean, it, I've watched soft CA softball on flow. I watched, but again, what's the viewership of that? Um, but I, I guess you, in, it was it, you. It's just, it's just you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, so I guess, and even you go on the flow, the flow site, you don't see the CA promoted. So I guess in that sense, you like to see us. Um, but, but I will say, and I guess really it's more, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I see a, a lot of the, the criticism about it, but they're in, I'm very lucky because it's like they like sprint car racing. So they had the Tulsa shootout. So it's just, it's it happens in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have like, they had over from a Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like 12 hours of coverage every day. They said it was like over 50 hours of racing. And I mean, just an insane amount of racing. So it's like, you know, so it is, it is a good niche, you know, sort of, you know, program, but yeah, like, I guess like you're saying it, it, you I don't, I don't see, you know, you don't go to like major sports venues and see flow. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess they are kind of up and coming. Um, that's one of the biggest weaknesses they have. Whereas ESPN plus has the name recognition. Um, but in a sense, I guess all I'm saying is, you know, I, there are other things on there. They don't necessarily get credit for, but they're not really things that are going to really kind of propel us, you know, into like, you know, whatever the next level of attention is, you know what I mean? So so, so I'm going to make three points here, and I think I think this will this will dunk my argument, but it could be could be off base. I'm, I'm willing to be knocked down. NBC Sports, uh, this is very timely. NBC Sports Net, Network, um, which was the old hockey channel, as well as had some CAA games. Right, CAA had their priority with them. Mm-hmm. Um, went went to sleep two nights ago on the 31st. Um, that was an up and coming network. I was going to try to rival, rival ESPN, except that it had all of the money of NBC behind it. Um, you know, private equity is not going to beat ESPN. Mm. Some guys who think they have big pockets aren't going to beat ESPN in this space. It's just people have tried. Major networks have tried. The closest we've come is FS1, FS2. And does anybody really think those guys are comps right now in viewership? They're not. So unless you've really got a good reason to have your foot in the door, I don't see it. I think there's a place for this probably in niche sports. Um, but I think, you know, you actually see ESPN Plus cover a lot of that stuff too. I mean, they're, they're on the the college world series and, and, and softball and, and, and some of the others. Um, so my second point is, it's going to be kind of just that, you know, I've got a lot of friends who like to watch down, sit down on a Sunday and watch the red zone channel, right? Watch, watch all the various football games. Mm-hmm. ESPN plus, I mean, it's not as well orchestrated, but you sit down there on a Wednesday night and you sit down on this Wednesday or on a Saturday afternoon during college basketball season, you've got 50 games at any one point that you can log into and, and have in front of you at the click of a button. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So you get some viewership out of that, and, and Drexel can be one of those fifty. But right now, we're being just totally overlooked. We're just—it's a blank space there. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's that's not good because it actually does drive some viewership. And, and the third piece, um, you know, if you look for sponsors, right, the random person who pops by—that that helps you um, because there's enough of them. There's there's enough people using that platform. The third piece is—I um, hate to come back to it, but it's something we got to talk about as a serious thing, and it's not getting talked about enough—is that with this legalization of sports gambling, you know, a lot of revenue is tied to sports gambling right now, a lot. Mm. And the universities aren't necessarily seeing it yet, but you are seeing the major leagues do it. You're seeing the, you know, <laughs> gambling sites on the ice at the NHL or, you know, Pete Rose is, is you know, rolling his eyes. Shoeless Joe is rolling his eyes right now, right? Because <laughs> baseball is now officially backed by FanDuel or whoever it is. And, um, you know, that's kind of just an amazing 180 that they've done. And, you know, don't ignore the fact that Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame where we're linking up to every gambling company we can because it's a revenue stream. So it's this, it's this massive new revenue play organization. And again, um, people like to bet on what they can see. I'm watching this game, especially now there's live betting, there's in-game betting. You know, I'm watching this game. I want to bet on it. That's never going to happen if you're on flow. 
And I'm not saying that we should encourage sports gambling, but I'm saying if you look at any post from the Facebook, you know, Instagram, whatever, Drexel Dragons account, this, you know, a game today, it's like the only comments, commenters are like five foreign guys who stole the live stream and are putting it up and have a virus for you. And um, five other guys who want you to bet on the game. And then mm. some guy who's angry with Mike Tuberosa for not giving him the injury report in enough time to 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 bet on the game, right? Like yeah. it's meaningful. It matters. It's 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 a large and captive audience. Mm. Um, I don't know the overlap between U.S. sports betters and people that Drexel wanted to recruit to the university. So people who have kids, right? But I'd imagine it's it's fairly significant. Um, so you, you need to be relevant in that space. And that means you've got to be in front of them. And that means you've got to be on ESPN. You know, it's, 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 I'm, I'm a David guy, not a Goliath guy, but in this particular case, yeah. every time somebody's tried to take them on ESPN, they've lost. And this is like the conference's third time doing it. Yeah. So I guess, I guess ultimately, win. yeah, I guess where I said that is, is, yeah, I, I guess I, cause I love, I, I mean, again, for the spread car coverage, I love flow. So it's more, you know, I, I was getting your input. So it's more, you know, I, I guess promote, the go into ESPN plus, you know, cause I'm, it, so it's, I guess that's basically what you're saying. You, you think, and I, you're probably right. I mean, that's probably just a better platform for us. So I, I'm thinking back to what my dad used to say when I was younger and I, you know, like with the Cowboys, I'd sit and complain about how much I hated the Cowboys instead of saying how much I love the Eagles or I loved another team. My dad's like, don't put down what you hate, promote what you like. So, um, and I'm guilt. I'm trying to do this all the time, but more, I hear all this badgering of flow and it's like, more like, well, let's say, okay, ESPN plus, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, if I'm making sense here, it's like, you know, because, yeah. you know, promote what we think we should do, what's an alternative to go to ESPN2 versus a lot of what I hear, not just from you, from a lot of people, is how much they hate flow. It's like, okay, I get it, but tell me what you want to do. What do you want? What do you think is better? And then we move, and then we see if we can move forward. So, um, yeah, and I think you're bringing, you're bringing me to a good place there, which is ultimately it came down to cheap, right? And I've made this allegation about the CA before, but ultimately, yeah, if you were going to go on ESPN plus and you wanted your games on Nesson or NBC sports, it sounds like there would be an expense involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they wanted to maybe have some of those local channels available to them and get the national TV games and um, do it at the expense of the online coverage. And, you know, um, they didn't want to pay the cost. It's, that's not really knock on flow. Now, listen, flow did have issues with, Big Ten, they had issues with DC United. They've had some issues with this league where we've had broadcasts cut out. Some of them were flows fault, some of them weren't, right? So um, not generally not knocking flow, but this is an opportunity cost thing. It's an unwillingness to spend money to raise the brand. And especially for me, especially as a Drexel fan, but as a CAA fan, at a time the brand is shrinking, that's when you need to be investing, right? And we've seen the league fall back over the last five years, right? And, and this was the time to step up and put some money behind it. And the fact that the schools were unwilling to do it, that's what upsets me more than anything else. It's not really directed at flow. It's it's you guys, once again, you guys being the CA cabal. But, you know, you guys have chosen the quick buck over the, the long-term brand. And it's short-sighted and it's silly. And, it's, and if I got it, by the way, by doing my research, I think it was like $7 million. They made seven, but then they put that right. They pay CBS Sports Network to show the games, if I got that right. I think it was sense. A, I didn't think it was as much as seven, but I know it's a, a whole thing, but it's some, it's at least part of the yeah, money that they get paid. They, no, know. no. My understanding is the schools are not making a dime. Uh, okay. They're putting yeah. it all right back in the C, in the, in the, in the CBS package. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the first CBS game was canceled by the way this year. So, <laughs> um, you know, you can't, I don't think they could have seen COVID coming. That's not really fair, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, you're putting a lot on and hoping that the CBS games are good and hoping that people are watching them. And by the way, when's the last time you walked into a bar and CBS Sports Network was on? It's not like it's like the first TV, right? ESPN's on. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh. and that's that's the thing. You keep alienating the big dog. And Wherever it is, if it does end up elsewhere, I got to do like that. So if it is ESPN Plus and down the road, again, it is nice to log in. You can watch whatever game and we are spending. Next week's the Chili Bowl National, so you name the famous race car driver and NASCAR sprint car, they're all going to be there. So if you need something to watch, it's like, I don't know, Tuesday night through Saturday. Um, let me know. I'll point you in the right direction, but, but no, good. Again, a good example hearing it straight from you. Yeah. You read tweets and stuff and um, just a good conversation to have. So no, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good one. I'm really appreciate you doing it. And, and, and for what it's worth, I mean, I've got 
friends who are really into wrestling at the collegiate level. You know, I mean, uh, Northeast Pennsylvania and, and Penn State in particular, right? They've got great progress. Drexel's got a pretty good program. And they want to mm-hmm. see, you know, wrestling. And Flow's a good avenue for that. So not um, – I get why some people subscribe to it. It's still, to me, more of a niche market right now, which is not where Drexel should be playing with their premier flagship program. Yeah. Um, but it is – there's value to Flow, and I get why you're on it, and I get why others are on it. And I, I appreciate the fact that others are on it because sometimes that means I can watch Drexel games. Um, <laughs> but yeah. – um, yeah, it's 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 not a. I don't think it's a great viewership package, uh, without knowing. But it's it's in fairness to the powers that be. I don't have all of the numbers, so it makes it very difficult. I will say this: um, I went to a women's basketball tournament, um, CA women's basketball tournament in Harrisonburg, many moons ago, uh, years and years ago. This is the old administration for the CAA and whoever was there and I was speaking to one of the CA higher ups and they had, they were doing, you know, this was before any of this. So they were doing their own kind of coverage. Um, and they had charged something obscene. It was like 25 or 30 bucks for the weekend for, you know, people that watch it. And I said, that seems, this is like, you know, eight, nine games, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that seems heavy to be charging for a women's basketball tournament, online viewing package. That's probably going to be mediocre quality. Mm-hmm. And the response I got was, who's watching this? And I said, well, that's the thing. That's the crazy thing. Like, I mean, nobody's watching it. So why are you charging this? This is, well, the same people are going to watch it, whether we charge or not. It's going to be the families of the players and it's going to be a couple diehards. Mm-hmm. And so we might as well make the money we can make. And it was such an off-putting conversation for me. It was, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but first of all, you're not making that much money off of that. Mm-hmm. 25 bucks times a few hundred. Okay. That shouldn't move a balance sheet at this level. And, yeah. and you're just drilling players' families? Is that what I'm hearing? Like you're, you're, you're basically extorting players' families? Um, mm. if, if that's what makes you sleep at night for 25 bucks, cool. But just absurd to me that this is the thought process that we're this cheap. Um, and, and obviously no change to that mentality since, you know, since that time. Mm. And, and that's, that's, again, that's part of, that was to me, it was the predecessor to flow. Um, and, and let's not forget that between there and flow was the schools doing their own thing, right? The Madison at JMU or dragon TV, whatever it was here at Drexel. Um, and it wasn't a terrible problem. I mean, that's the third option, right? You can go to ESPN plus, you can go to flow or you can keep it local. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, again, if we're talking about branding and, and, and growth, I don't think keeping it local was a good option either. I think mm-hmm. it was correct to move to a larger platform. I just think that, you know, we got cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be my bet on flow. That'll be let's be done with flow for the year after that. That's my bet on flow. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Take advantage of it while it's here. You know, like I said, you need to know what sprint car race to watch. Let me know. I'll fill you in. So, but anyway, um, people don't know that Nate spent some time in Japan <laughs> and my his first time back. I saw you back. Was at the track in Pocono. Was at my bachelor but party. And that if was they a, could get uh, if they could get Japanese time. baseball because there was very much a need for an American platform to show that. So I would that would be like anyway. But but we'll see. So. But anyway, yeah, I thought maybe it'd only be like a half an hour, but we're an hour in. But hey, that's what this is about, you know. I mean, we get a chance to talk about this stuff. So, um, Dan, is there anything else you wanted to go over? Anything? Any last words or anything? I hope you know we have more than seven players tomorrow, Drexel, uh, and, and I hope really, I, I hope they come out there and just say we're going to be physical with these guys. I want to see fouls early. I do. I want to mm-hmm. see. I want to see JB get after it. I think. Um, this is the one game where I think you could play, um, you know, if we had all the bodies available, JB and Amari together. Um, I know Eric Resnick's not here. I know he's a big get the ball to Amari. Amari's used his numbers, by the way, he's off the chart. Like Amari's involved every time he's on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been great outcome so far, but that's that's raw. That's something I'll go into. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. But um, if you got if you have a team with this kind of size and, and length and it's been shooting the ball well, get as much size and length as you can on the court right to fight it. I think they can. Um, you know, I'd like to see Malik Martin and uh, Lamar Odin on the court together. There's no reason, if you look at Lamar's, Lamar's numbers, there's no reason he can't play the three offensively. There's just no reason he's not playing the three offensively, and he can take some minutes from, from Matei, or they can slide slide Ocruz to the two, and go really big with, with Cam out there, Ocruz, the two fours, and one of, you know, either guy, either Butler or Amari. You know, I, I want to see some lineups like that where we really try to say, okay, you're not going to be throwing our guys around. That said, COVID, we'll see who shows up. 
Yeah, um, yeah but I'm just sitting here thinking with all the discussion about opt-outs in college football, if it is seven guys and we see maybe House drops like eight threes and I even know who else is on the end of the bench, you get to see the future, who knows? <laughs> and that's a, that's a crazy thing about this team, though. I mean, if it's House and Coltrane or whoever it is, like those guys can come out and, and score 15. Yeah, they all play, yeah. They, so, they, yeah. they can play. They can play. They, they've got legit depth this year. It'll be tested. But it could be a fun game. I just I just want them to go out there and, and, and really throw a punch at Towson and say we're not going to get bullied because we haven't seen that against it, this Towson team really ever. Yeah. And um, it's time. And COVID's, or, uh, uh, Spiker's COVID coach of the year, he knows how to manage it. So who knows? Yeah, maybe that's why he played so many guys. So you got to be prepared for anything. So it kind of happened. So who knows? I'm, I'm, but, happy, um, I'm happy they got it out of the way early. I'll say that. You know, yeah. if this is out of the way, if this is out of the way, knock on wood, and these guys aren't going to get reinfected within a month, uh, which yeah. seems likely, right? You're, you're the doctor. I'll yield to you. But it seems, it seems likely. Um, the, then I'm happy it's out of the way and that they can maybe get some kind of regular season on. Yeah. And like I say, put Towson and, and uh, the Sal on notice, or ta- sorry, Temple and the Sal on notice. Let's get some city games and when we lose games during the year. Yeah. A good point to end on. Hopefully, a biggest thing is hopefully, as far as we know, everybody's healthy and, you know, doing well and everything. And same with you, Dan, and everybody else. You know, so we'll, we'll see what this bring, this week brings, but hopefully we get through it here over the next few weeks or whatever. And, you know, and I always say, my last point is, I mean, people say getting back to normal or is what normal has changed. Normal is adapting. That's what you have to realize. That's what life is. So, um, and that's what we've been able to do. So, um, hope things aren't too bad these coming weeks, but hopefully seems like we did well. So we'll see what happens, but all right. Um, so you got control of the, the stop switch, yep, but, um, but yeah, but, um, nice talking to everybody. Have a good night. Okay.